In a stadium rich with tradition, the lights shine the brightest. This is the camp. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome into the camp. I'm Zach Heilprin. No Jesse Temple will be back with us on Thursday to break down practice. Coming up tomorrow, fun show. Brian Lucas, the Director of Football Brand Communications, and Brian Mason, the uh, Director of NIL Strategy, uh, joined to talk NIL and then also uh, talk about some some fun things that uh, happened during their careers at Wisconsin. Uh, Brian Lucas has served under Barry Alvarez, Brett Bielema, Paul Christ, uh, Jim Leonard, and now Luke Fickle. So he's seen he's seen a lot in his role Brian Mason used to be the assistant to uh to Brian Lucas in uh with the football team and and kind of served as the the point man for for the media for the last well since I've been covering it since 2013 so I had a good time talking with them a lot of good NIL stuff in there uh because Brian in his role now a very important role in terms of branding uh, or I should say building the community between the players and the partners and the university and we all know how the how important NIL is. So that's coming up tomorrow. Today, going to be breaking down practice number eight of spring. It was not as eventful as some of the others that we have seen this year. A lot of individual drill work, a lot of um, helmets off, going through, walkthrough type of stuff. So there wasn't nearly as much action. However, there were some guys that stood out, some plays that stood out. I think it's clear today, and it hasn't been this way, probably since day one or day two, where the defense had its day, where the defense made more plays, where the defense came out on top. Uh, this was this was a defensive day. There were there were some plays offense that the offense made, but it was a defensive day, um, certainly. And I think at the top of the list has to be Ricardo Holman, a guy who we haven't we uh, I think we talked about this last week, last uh, you know, in the Michigan State game that was a really, really tough game for him. And we didn't see him much down the stretch last year. But he has been the starter opposite Alex Smith throughout spring. He's had a really good spring, and he had a really good day today. It started uh, in seven-on-sevens. Uh, Tanner Mordecai looking up the seam. It's a little bit late with the throw. And uh, Ricardo stepped in front of it for the interception. The play later, Mordecai tried testing him on the outside on a throw to DK. He broke that up, nearly intercepted it. So he had himself a day. He's had himself a spring. And, you know, while we don't, while I think it's fair to say that the depth that cornerback isn't probably where Wisconsin wants it, I do think Alex Smith and Ricardo Hallman, and, and along with Jason Maitre, who's been obviously the the nickelback and, and played in the slot a ton and is, is going to be that guy most likely, probably, almost assuredly, uh, going to be that guy. Those top three, I do like them. I do like them. They're going to need some other guys to step up. They need to get Max Lofi healthy. They need to get maybe some of these younger guys, you know, ready to help in some form or some fashion. Or, as we kind of talked about on Saturday, the addition of uh, another transfer, which is certainly a possibility. Um, I do think they probably would like a little more experience there. But what they've gotten from Ricardo Hallman and, and Alexander Smith and, and Matry has been really solid this year. Uh, been really solid this spring. And Ricardo has a ton of confidence, ton of confidence. Um, and you really, I think, need that. You need that more so maybe there than any other position. That and quarterback and maybe even wide receiver, I guess. But but DB, you have to be like the last play didn't even happen. You have to have that 
uh, amnesia, that sports amnesia, that whatever happened the previous play, what? I don't even know what happened. It's why I, it's why some corners are the most um, confident and, and cocky guys that you'll ever meet is because they have to be like that to survive on that outside like that. And, and uh, Ricardo went through a bunch last year, especially that Michigan State game. I remember talking to him afterwards. He said he didn't lose any confidence, hadn't lost any type of uh, belief in himself, but maybe Jim Leonard lost a little bit of belief in him. And, um, you know, we didn't see him a ton. Now with, uh, you know, Jay Shaw gone and, you know, some of the other guys, the other seniors gone, he gets to step into this role and uh, I think it's his job to lose as one of the starting corners. I think he's he's been very good, and I think he's probably going to be locked in there uh, opposite Alex Smith. So he stood out. Also who stood out? Uh, Hunter Waller, Kamoli Latu, Austin Brown. Three safeties. Very, very uh, – some very impressive plays. And well, actually, well, you know, Alex Smith, I, I guess I should cl- include him here too because uh, there was a, uh, a throw from Mordecai that was a little bit high – uh, Keontes Lewis went up and got it, and it looked like it was going to be a great catch, but Alex Lewis got his hand in there and ripped it up, and Hunter Wohler just steps behind, was able to pick it off for uh, the interception. That uh, was also in Skelly. So it was a, I mean, a, a great play by Alex Smith, but also a great, you know, obviously over there, Hunter Wohler picking it off. And Hunter Wohler, everywhere, he's going to have a big year. He is. I mean, it's just, it's impossible to say otherwise. I mean, today we saw a little bit of a different defense and maybe I might, maybe I should save this for later um, just to get, to get through some of the plays made by the safeties. But we saw a little bit of a different defense where Wisconsin had three inside linebackers on the field together in what essentially was the dollar package um, where you have the two defense linemen, then you have the outside linebacker on the line, which has typically been TJ Bowler's. And then you would have the two inside linebackers with Jordan Turner and Mumajong Mehta. And then it was usually Hunter Wohler as that third linebacker. Well, today, Hunter Wohler was back playing safety. And it was Jake Chaney in there, the three inside linebackers, th- you know, three linebackers. And Chaney was essentially playing that, that rover role where you could, you know, come up and, you know, get up there and stop the run, drop back into coverage. Uh, rush the passer. It was kind of the role, the, the spot that Hunter Wohler has been in. Um, I think they probably are just throwing a little bit something different into that. Uh, we also saw the uh, a true three-three-five defense at one point today as well, something we haven't necessarily seen a ton of, um, the true three-three-five. You have three defensive linemen, three linebackers, and five defensive backs. We haven't seen that a ton, but uh, yeah, that it. we are... Uh, I'm interested to see where they go with the package that has Cheney as that extra guy because Cheney is athletic as hell and is all kind of a is all kinds of problems for teams when he he comes on blitzes. We saw that last year. He's he's probably for my money he's probably their best blitzer uh, at that inside linebacker spot. So getting him in that role and he's also obviously athletically and gifted enough to to play in coverage and do all that type of stuff. But I think they have some versatility in that role of that, that Hunter Wolder has been playing and that we've seen Daryl Peterson play and and obviously um, uh, now today Jake Cheney. I don't know exactly what that package is called, um, but I am intrigued to see it uh, and, and see how it plays out the rest of it. So, uh, But that said, the other safety play, Kamoi Latu has been, um, we all know what he did last year, had a very nice day today as well. Uh, Tanner Mordecai 
just an absolute beauty of a throw over the middle to Will Pauling. And it looked like it was going to be a huge gain. And at the last minute, as Pauling was trying to bring the ball in, Latu came over the top uh, and just knocked it loose. He just got his arm in there and just, just kind of like hammer fisted it down and uh, was an incomplete pass. It was great, great throw, great route, great everything to Will Pauling and just a better play by uh, Kamoli Latu. And on the exact next play, this time, you know, Mordecai's looking over the middle for Jack Eschenbach on a um, on a comeback route, and Latu was all over him and knocked the ball loose before he was able to get it. Uh, was before he was able to bring it in. So a couple of really nice plays from him. Austin Brown is a guy that I think we, me and Jesse talked about on Saturday. He is he's a very talented player. He's a very physical player. Uh, Jack Eschenbach got a got a little bit of that uh, today. He caught a little pass to the outside, and uh, he just absolutely drilled Eschenbach. And I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. I'm I'm almost positive you're not supposed to be doing that because if if it was, we'd see it a lot more. Um, he just dropped him. A lot of oohs and ahs from the sideline. Um, surprisingly, no fight, so there was nothing there. Uh, but uh, th- those three safeties, Hunter Waller, Austin Brown, Kamoi Latu, really, really stand out uh, or have stood out. And then you could also throw in uh, Travion Blaylock when he's been out there. Uh, he was not out there today. He's obviously been in that yellow no-contact jersey all year, uh, or should say all spring, coming off that torn ACL from last year, uh, but did not take part in practice at all today. He was dressed yeah, and everything like that. Um, I have not uh, gotten official word from UW, but I know that uh, the uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reported that he's got an illness, a non-COVID illness that he's that he's dealing with that's going to knock him out uh, of spring. It's obviously something that you would think is not it's not something so serious where it's uh, something that he could give to somebody else because he was out there. Uh, so you can. You're more than welcome to uh, read into that however you want, but it's something that could potentially keep him out the rest of spring. So uh, that's going to mean that's going to mean more time for guys like Austin Brown to to jump out there because also Preston Zachman hasn't been practicing. So there's there's uh, that aspect of it as well. Austin Brown I think is going to be a stars a little bit early because I haven't seen him play a ton, but we know what type of recruit he was, and some of the things we've seen from him this spring are extremely, extremely intriguing for his future. Um, there's just, yeah, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. And and obviously, you have a senior in Travion Blaylock. You gotta, we talked about this on, on Saturday. Latu could come back for, for another year. We'll see what kind of a season he has. If, we have a great, is he have, if he has a great season, and he can go on and, you know, and potentially go on to the NFL, if that's, if that's where he thinks his career is going, then that'd be great for him. And then, obviously, Austin Brown could be that that next guy that could step in. But I do feel good about where uh, Austin Brown is and where he's going. He's, he's had a really nice spring, and today was an example of that. Jordan Turner, another guy that stood out, blew up a screen uh, screen pass on one play, ha- has been is another fearsome guy in, in getting after the quarterback when given that opportunity. Mumajang Meta the same way. Tate Grass the same way. Uh, Tate Grass blew up. Uh, Grover Bordelotti, not exactly a fair matchup, but but grew uh, but blew up Grover Bordelotti, and uh, would have had an, a sack of uh, of the quarterback if they were allowed. So, uh, but the the inside linebackers, Jordan Turner specifically, stood out um, today. Uh, Mumujag Meta and Jack Jack Nelson's a son of a bitch, man. Jack Nelson is a tough son of a bitch. 
And he's a guy that's going to play through echo of whistle, and he got that today. Jack Nelson, 15 yards down the field. Him and Mumajong Mehta going at it, and you know Jack Nelson finishing him into the ground. And this is 15 yards down the field, really nowhere near the play. Um, we saw this a ton when he was a redshirt freshman. I feel like it kind of went away last year. Today it was back, and, and Muma was on the uh, receiving end of that. But um, the inside linebackers have played – have uh, been solid throughout throughout spring. Uh, on offense, it wasn't a sharp day for for Tanner Mordecai or the offense. I there were a lot of there were drops. There were some throws behind guys. There were some I, the, the defense brought a ton of pressure. They brought a lot of pressure packages today, and uh, you could sense at times that the offense wasn't always exactly sure it was supposed to go because there were some miscommunications on routes. So it was not the banner day. And, I, and you know what? That was bound to happen because I tweeted about how consistent he had been on Saturday. That it was bound to happen to have him and the offense come back to the ground a little bit. But um, there were some plays, some plays. Vinny Anthony, just a, a great uh, job in one-on-ones, torched the corner and was 10 yards down the field, 10 yards past him. It was just a ridiculous move. We haven't seen a ton from Vinny Anthony. He's kind of been buried on the depth chart. Hasn't been given a ton of opportunities. We saw in one-on-ones the type of uh, talent he has, but uh, he's still obviously pretty further down or pretty far down the uh, the pecking order. Um, you know, third, third at one of the outside, eh, third or fourth at one of the outside line, outside receiver positions. And obviously right now Wisconsin's not fully healthy. At wide receiver, we still haven't seen Bryson Green do any team any team drills, but so that for me the Vinny Anthony one on one, you know, and he got a shot in in a team drill where Nick Evers had it had a chance to uh, hit him deep, but um, missed him, overthrew him. So it, there haven't been a ton of opportunities for him, but it was looked really good in the one on ones. Quincy Burroughs, another guy that we probably haven't talked a ton about. I thought uh, he had. A solid day, caught a, a long touchdown from Braden Locke down the left sideline, and then a pretty slant route that he had beat the defender inside for a nice little gain. So there were uh, there are flashes, flashes from Quincy Burroughs, but I, I feel like I'm saying that about every receiver every single day, um, and that's when you're throwing the ball this much, that's going to be the result of it. You're going to have guys making uh, guys stepping up on different days, uh, but there are just so many guys stepping up on different days. I think we could, you could sit here and say that every single receiver on this roster has made a play in spring at one point or not. I mean, I'm not talking, I shouldn't go, I shouldn't say every receiver, but like every receiver that you can name that it has, that is going to play this year, that has a chance of playing this year has had their moments in spring and Quincy Burroughs today. It was him, CJ Williams. um, I think this is notable. Got some reps with the first team offense today. And we have seen that in the past, but usually it's because Tim Ray DK will, DK will start a possession and then, you know, they'll run so many plays that they bring a wide receiver out and they put the other wide receiver in. That's not the case this time. Uh, a couple of different times, uh, one Skelly wants to start one Skelly possession and then to start one team possession, C.J. Williams was getting the first reps and C, and uh, Tim Ray DK was with the twos. Um, this is, I'm not saying that, this is how it's going to end up being, but I think that's notable because the last time we kind of saw this type of change or this type of thing happen was in the slot with Skyler Bell and Will Pauling. Will Pauling forced his way onto the field because of what he was doing, but it started with him taking 
you know, getting those splitting reps with, with Skyler with the first team where Skyler would be, you know, there the first and then it would be, and then it would be Will Pauling and then go with Skyler and Will Pauling. That's not what that today was, but this is this way, this is the way that started too. And um, I still think Chimray is going to catch a lot of balls and I think he's going to be out there a lot. I do think they wanted to give CJ Williams a chance to work a little bit with Tanner Mordecai, which we haven't seen a ton of. So, but CJ against the ones, I think he made two. I think he had a couple catches against the ones, and then Braden Locke looked his way a bunch as well. Um, it's getting to the point, you know, where you're starting to count on on C.J. Williams to make every single play that every time the ball comes his way to make the play. And um, you know, there weren't any things that there weren't any huge plays that stood out, but these little, this little eight yard catch, turn and run, little you know, little twelve yard out catch and run. Those are the, they're not seeing like down the field throws that we saw on that Saturday where he kept on beating the young DBs, but uh, he's doing a lot of under the, under, uh, underneath stuff. Even some of these deep slants that uh, he had today running away from the cornerback that was trying to get him and lock finding him. So CJ Williams is, I mean, I don't think this is going out on a limb here. He's going to play and uh, he's going to play a lot this fall. He's going to be among the top six and he's going to, I don't know. If he ends up passing Chimray DK to be uh, one of the top receivers on the outside, is that a possibility? Maybe. Obviously, what Chimray has done here has been uh, impressive and was their leading receiver last year and does so many things well. So I think he's going to play a bunch. But I think C.J. Williams is at least generating some competition for Chimray in that respect. Um, But Chimray's done it, and C.J. Williams has not yet done it. So I think you still have to obviously give a little bit of uh, credit to CJ for, you know, fighting his way into the position he's in right now because it, it didn't necessarily start out impressive, especially with some of the um, anger things that uh, popped up early with him throwing the ball at guys and, you know, not reacting well to some of the contact and some of the talking and all that. And uh, he's quietly had some very solid practices of late, and I think he was rewarded for that today with some of those first-team reps. So, um, again, as I said, I don't think the quarterbacks were overly sharp. I, I guess I would – I mean, Braden Locke was probably the best of them, and uh, so he, he he continues to make some really nice throws. And so uh, the one thing of the backup quarterbacks that stands out continuously is just Nick Ebers' athleticism and his, and his arm strength, um, two things that have never been in question. We get to see that again. There was uh, one in one situation where he's able to use his athleticism. We there were, we have talked about the poor snaps. There were very few poor snaps today. One though came when Nick Evers was the quarterback. It was the third string team, and uh, I think it was Austin Barrett at center snapped it. I think it must have gone off his leg. I don't know. Either way, Nick Evers was able to pick it up, scramble out to his left, and hit Zach Glauderman for um, you know just I don't know. It might have been like a ten yard gain. Glauderman made a great one handed catch, but um, you know. Uh, you're you're not hitting the quarterback no matter what, but I think of all the guys that if that had happened to, Nick Ivers is the only one would, would have been able to pick it up and made made a play out of it like he did. So his athleticism is enticing because it feels like anytime something breaks down, he's able to take off and um and get you ten to fifteen yards. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. I, th- I mean I saw I have seen quarterbacks at Wisconsin do that before. Tanner Tanner McAvoy done that before. Uh, I remember watching DJ Gillins in a, in a spring practice uh, sitting, setting where you can't hit the quarterback and he was running all over the place. So they, it, this is not something that 
uh, hasn't been seen at Wisconsin before. I do think Nick Evers has obviously a much better arm than either DJ Gillins or Tanner McAvoy. And um, the talent is enticing. We know what the other, we know what's holding him back at this point. Uh, a couple other notes. I don't know. I, I don't know if this is going to end up happening in the regular season, but I can never recall. It, it feels like I'm in Green Bay at times. I can never recall a quarterback or an offense getting teams to jump offsides and getting more free plays than what we've seen from Wisconsin in the first two and a half weeks of spring ball. It's it's remarkable. It happens at least two to three times a game, a, a day, a practice. It's it's insane. Um, and and I, and I you know I don't know if you want to sit here and you want to blame the defense or you just want to say that the offense has it. Um, but I do think because of the pace and because you know we're you're going to hammer them and go on a one on one clap, one clap, one clap, and then all of a sudden it's going to be two claps, and. You know, you're going one clap, snap the ball, one clap, snap the ball, one clap, snap the ball, one clap, and you don't snap the ball, you know, it gets to the defense. And I think that that's just an, another added thing to it. I believe, I would, I do believe that uh, it's probably a Wisconsin defensive thing more so than a Wisconsin offensive thing. But the big, that the plays that, the times that they've been getting jump off sides is just, uh, it's just insane at this point. I, I don't recall it ever being like this before. And we'll see, you know, we'll see if it's something that they can carry over to a season. So, as I said, it was not the most eventful practice. It was uh, probably the the lowest, you know, uh, in terms of big plays offensively. That's usually what we get. I'm not going to lie. It's usually, it's much easier to tell when guys are making great plays uh, offensively and, and in the secondary than it is somewhere else. So, you know, I think there's there's others who will look at the offensive line and say, yeah, maybe the, the pass protection wasn't great today with all the pressure they were doing, but I thought the run blocking was pretty darn good. It was pretty darn good. You don't know if those guys are getting tackled, where they're getting tackled, but there were some big holes, I thought, for, for Braylon and for Chez, who uh, were on the field together at times today, and I think we're going to see that, I don't know about quite a bit, but I think we're going to see it more than you would expect. More than you would expect. Uh, both guys you can catch the ball at the backfield. Both guys can carry it. We know, uh, you know, potential lead blocker in Braylon Allen. Um, I know it's something that they have worked on, so there's that. Uh, but again, it was not a overly eventful practice. Uh, they will be back out there on Thursday, and then they'll be back there on Saturday as well. Jesse and I will have uh, a show on Thursday, breaking down what we've seen, getting Jesse's take on what he saw today, and and then again on Thursday. And then, like it was this past weekend, we'll do our episode off of Saturday's practice and post it sometime Sunday or Monday, um, which will probably be the case going forward as well. Maybe we'll do one after the launch, right after the launch, because you guys are all going to be there and um, may have questions. Uh, the launch, getting, uh, which is the 22nd uh, of April, and it's essentially just going to be a practice. Uh, but I know everyone's excited to get there. Again, you do need to purchase tickets. They're free, but you need to, you do need to buy them. So make sure to do that. Uh, I don't know what the, I don't know how many people are going to be out there. I've heard uh, there's there's the belief that they could get you know fifteen twenty thousand out there next uh, next Saturday. Maybe it'll be more. Maybe it'll be less. We'll see. I think the excitement around the team certainly would suggest there's going to be a lot of people that want to see this and. Um, I'm excited for you guys to see it. Now, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping 
that uh, everything that we've said to this point ends up being the case on that Saturday or else you guys are going to be like, what the hell is your problem? Why'd you say this happening? And, and now it's not happening, but um, that's always the, the greatest thing about it. Cause it's one practice. And um, it's kind of like when we would see, you know, one or two practices and try to make a, a judgment off them. It's not very easy to do, but um, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to everybody else. So we can all have a, a nice big conversation about what this all looks like. What's what it is all going to look like come fall uh, at Camp Randall stadium. So, all right, we'll be back tomorrow. As I said, going to be talking with Brian Mason and Brian Lucas, a fun interview uh, that we had a chance to do. And um, that'll be tomorrow's episode. And we'll be back Thursday with Jesse to get uh, another practice breakdown. Until then, you've been listening to The Camp.